In this episode of the Exploring Information Security Podcast, what is a security framework? Welcome to the Exploring Information Security Podcast, where you will learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. I am your host, Timothy D. Block, and in this episode, we will be exploring what is a security framework. With me today to do that is Stephen Legg, Principal Security Strategist at eCentire. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing well, Tim. How are you? I am fantastic. So, what is a security framework? It's kind of a topic of debate as to what the official definition is, but generally I would say a security framework is a set of standards or requirements that help you make informed decisions about the controls, processes, and and validation steps that you choose to put in place in your organization around security specifically. Okay, so so why why exactly are they important? So, I guess first and foremost of of any security framework, they really kind of help you better understand and manage and reduce your cybersecurity risks. They do that by kind of breaking down into whether they're domains, whether they're controls, um, whether they're specific practices, um, sets of activities that you do, and things that you can change uh, to get more bang for your security buck um, out of your organization. And that, that could be used, you know, for example, to make decisions about what to purchase, about how to use things you have purchased, or about what not to purchase. So would it be fair to say, and this is a theme that I, I got running, doing some of the Security Operations Center podcast episodes, was use cases. So is this kind of defining the purpose and what you're doing? Yes, yes, that's absolutely right. Because um, every organization is a little bit different, and that's not even just from a technical or resource perspective. You know, there's different cultural elements, there's different political tie-ins and perceptions that you're working against. So you really kind of have to use a framework to help you assess all of that and, and figure out what's right for you. So, do you know the exact number of how many security frameworks are out there? No, not an exact number. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of them, isn't there? There's a ton of them, um, and generally there's a few like staples that people generally start with or go to. Um, a couple of those are like uh, the CIS 20 Critical Security Controls um, and the, the NIST Cybersecurity Framework and also the, their 800-53 document. Um, those are some kind of like critical starting points or what I would consider some kind of good reading material if you're still figuring out uh, what framework is right for you and how to pick it. So, and so who makes that decision? This sounds like kind of like a management thing, but you know, I've, I've, I've actually had people that are kind of, you know, medium level that they've been asked to go find a security framework is, but is this more of like a management? So I would say that it it should be or it should involve management. It's mm-hmm. not always necessarily driven from management, um, especially in like small and mid sized organizations. Usually, it's like an IT you know the head of IT or an IT guy, an engineer, advocating for this stuff. Um, in my experience, and and very often we don't see as much management buy in you know at the board or executive level as we would want. But those are all the people that should be involved in that decision. Well, and so how how long does it take to get a security framework in place? Well, really, once you once you decide how you're going to use one, once you've chosen one, um, going through that process could take depending on how much time you invest, you know, days and weeks, or, or you know, months and potentially you know up to like a year or more. 
but it all depends on you know what your time spend is, what your priorities are. Um, in general, um, if you were to just try to start creating an action plan and going out, you could do that in a, in a, like a few weeks if you have some good discussions and good timelines around it. Okay, so you said something there that we, that we need to dive into, which is how you choose one. So how do you go about getting started with that? So um, what I would say is you really need to look at what you think your biggest risks are and what's driving your perceived need for security um, and build on it from there. You know, if it's, um, hey, we're under a lot of regulatory pressure from XYZ regulator, then maybe you need to start with a framework that's more aligned with those requirements. Um, if it's just, oh, hey, I really want to be secure. I don't want to get owned. I don't want all my things to be stolen or all my employees' to, data to be stolen. Um, you know, then you can approach it kind of from some of the more industry neutral or, or uh, vertical neutral materials like the, the 20 critical security controls and the NIST frameworks. Well, so I, I guess with with choosing, like those don't really they don't really say out front what, or maybe they do. You can correct me if I'm wrong here, but they don't really say out front like you put this in place if you're meeting such and such criteria or you have such and such risks. Yeah, no, they don't really do that, um, and there's not. To my knowledge, there's not a really good kind of centralized source of that kind of information. Mm -hmm. um, in general, the frameworks are kind of given as is, and they just say, here are some things you could do if you care about security in this area. Like, you know, for example, um, the 20 critical security controls obviously have all, you know, 20 areas of concern that they're governing. Um, but if you let, you know break those down into them, it could be things like asset management. It could be things like malware prevention. It could be things like you know web app uh, controls and protection around web apps. They they have a lot of kind of subdivided areas, and so you could start with like, oh hey, I like the twenty critical controls, but all of these don't make sense or apply to me. So let's just start with this one area and and, and see how that goes, and then build from there. Uh, I see a lot of folks do that. So, so what you're saying is that people initially probably need to do a lot of reading? Uh, I wouldn't say a lot of reading, um, but you definitely want to know kind of how you're coming at this, both from a kind of branding and, and um, optics perspective within your organization, and then also um, you know, for, for your own kind of workload and, and time balancing act that you have to do. Because um, a lot of times folks that are just starting these kind of initiatives, especially in the small and mid uh, sector, they, they don't have oodles and oodles of time to just throw at this. Right. So they have to be smart about what they pick. And is there is there like a resource available that really helps? I know we, you said there's no central location, but is there, I guess I guess what I'm getting at is, is just there's, I, I, and, and I've always struggled with people coming to me asking me, hey, I need to go pick a security framework. And there's just, I don't know, is there a resource available that really gets people started? Um, the, the, if there were one that I would say could kind of help you understand how to prioritize this risk, it, it would be the uh, NIST Cybersecurity Framework Core. Um, the Core Framework essentially takes all of the, the overly complicated and detailed um, reference material in like the NIST 800-53 document, which is just like a giant list of controls and things that you can do to secure yourself, and breaks it down into you know functions that are identifying threats, protecting against them, uh, detecting threats that are on your network 
today, you know, currently responding to those and then recovering from those incidents that happen. So where they start with you in the NIST framework, um, if you just look at like the, you can just Google NIST cybersecurity framework um, and look at the the PDF that they have posted. Um, they've actually got a risk management methodology in there that you can use to kind of start to figure out, okay, I need to start here or there or, uh, you know, th- this area, payment cards are important to me or, you know, PII is important to me or, or you know, electronic health records are important to me, those kind of things. So are, are some of these frameworks rolled up into the compliance, like, some, you know, PCI, for example, which is for credit card data, is there like one that they'll point to and say implement the security framework? So they point to themselves a lot, <laughs> but uh, and they they even brand a lot of those regulatory standards as security frameworks. But the you know a lot of us out in the industry know there's a lot of gaps in those. So really, it's fine if you want to build a security program or some objectives around those compliance standards, but you just need to be aware that there are blind spots in them. You know, for example, PCI. Uh, just to build on what you said there, is very heavily focused on payment card processing and infrastructure specifically around payment card processing. Now, they've done some work to improve kind of the ancillary or, or other you know ways into those systems and, and being aware of kind of how that impacts your security posture and what you need to be doing to remediate those things. But they don't... Um, they really heavily focused all of your efforts on complying with uh, controls and processes around specifically just that payment card infrastructure. Right, and that makes sense. So it's just for that part of the business, but there are other areas that I guess the security framework would help cover. Absolutely, yeah. That, that's why generally, like you know, if you, regardless of what industry you're in, and you fall under PCI, or you know, if you're in your energy, you do NERC SIP or. Um, you know, HIPAA, high tech, if you're in medical, regardless of which one you fall under or you're most concerned with from a compliance perspective, you still want to have, you know, whether it's the, the NIST uh, framework as your starting point or, um, you know, something more kind of technical and controls focused like the 20 critical security controls, you want to kind of layer them in a way, whatever way makes sense to you. The way I see a lot of folks do it is, um, they start with their compliance and they build the budget for additional security tasks out of compliance, you know, justification, you know, ROI and whatnot. Um, and then they kind of just start layering in recommendations and other things that align with those uh, compliance frameworks from NIST, from San, or the uh, 20 critical security controls, um, from some of the other open, more neutral standards that are out there. So is there is so it sounds like a security framework might cover most of the compliance for for a certain for a certain set of compliance standards. So like is there a resource available for like saying that that this security framework works really well for PCI plus you know whatever else? So there's not um, there's not a lot of hybrids. There's uh, a lot of hybrids that are created by like consultants or third parties. Um, that they do that. Um, that's some of the work that I do with the Centire involves doing that. Um, but a project that I've been working on uh, through the the local community here in Southeast Michigan through MySec um, is actually to develop a, an open standard that has those kind of um, relationships in mind and targeted in the way that that it's all put together. So that if you are doing 
everything that's recommended and everything that's a core of to that framework, it does cover all those other compliance kind of buckets. Okay, so so it, you're able to like security frameworks aren't anything, I guess that can't be created or you know crafted to each organization. Correct. In fact, uh, we get requests all the time for assistance in creating something custom to specific organizations uh, from a security framework perspective. So how I guess how do you start building like how do you, I guess how do you get started with building a, a your own security framework? So um, you first well it's not dissimilar from selecting one. So you need to understand why you're doing it. Um, you need to understand what the scope of what you're trying to achieve with that framework is. So am I trying to be impenetrable in these areas? Obviously, you can't be impenetrable, but um, you know, is is this realistic? Am I am I trying to you know lasso the moon and pull it down with the security program? Um, but generally, you want to scope it out. You want to prioritize what's important to you and what's important to your org. Um, you want to uh, align that with like some of what your business priorities are um, in, within your organization, and then uh, do like a whether it's an internal or driven through a third party, do a risk assessment, um, inventory your risks, you know, go through like a standard risk management methodology, just, just kind of touch on all those, you know, look at all your assets that you have, look at, uh, you know, any kind of threats that are specific to you or unique to your business or, or your use case for this stuff, and then build your plan of action around, um, what's going to hit those hot, whatever the hot buttons are for you. So, you know, if you're going back to the payment card example, you know, if you're, if you're a retail shop and you need to secure or at least be aware of a lot of things that are going on in your payment card system, maybe you do the risk assessment and find that you need, you have a distinct lack of monitoring in your environment. So you prioritize getting, you know, some security monitoring platform in place, uh, getting your incident response game up to speed. And those are the areas that you start building on first, for example. Um, but this, the actual framework itself can be pretty malleable. You know, you can, you can pull in most organizations that have uh, standards or requirements out there will release them freely. So you can pull, you know, go and, and take the, those source documents, um, you know, pull in some of the, the language and the requirements that make the most sense for you, um, start to build kind of a use case for those specific pieces of data or those points of assessment, um, and then just kind of expand it out from there. You know, look at, look at what's, again, what's most important to you and where your real risks are. Um, and and plan your continued development and continued security efforts around those priorities. So is this something, this kind of sounds like something you want to have a little maturity within the organization, or is this something that every organization should have? So I, I don't think every organization should look to create a framework that's custom to them. What I think they should do, though, is is understand their risks and understand what kind of effort they need to put into defending themselves around wherever their concerns are. Um, so, you know, for a Fortune 100 company, maybe that's a very large, concentrated, well-coordinated, and well-funded effort that does involve creating a custom security framework um, and you know everything from quantitative metrics to track progress in every area to you know having every major uh, hot button within the you know the scope of your environment hit and touched on versus you know a hundred-person company uh, like say in the legal space 
you're going to have to make some tough choices about where you spend your budget because you're not a Fortune 100 company with Fortune 100 people you know, and deep pockets for, for technology. So you really got to make the most meaningful choices that get you the most bang for your buck. And generally speaking, you know, industry neutral, I would say those things are, you know, getting security monitoring in place, getting an instant response program in place, um, and then and then practicing those things so that you have eyes and ears in your network and then start to work on, um, you know, getting a better understanding of threats and trends in the industry, getting a better understanding of how to mature your control sets um, and, and create some better defenses. But having eyes and being able to respond are like, from my perspective, like the two most important early uh, critical maturity steps. So, so a security framework can help you gain maturity. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are just, many of them are designed to, like if you look at um, NIST, for example, the, the cybersecurity framework, They've actually got a maturity model built into it. I think it's four tiers, and it's uh, each one has kind of like a, a couple different areas that that represent what that level of maturity is like. Like for example, tier one um, in NIST is is the partial tier. So like from a risk management perspective, there's not a lot of formal process around how you're managing risks. Um, it's mostly ad hoc and just kind of knee jerk based on things that are actually happening day to day. Um, prioritization of any of the stuff that's that's involved in that is really not directly informed by any kind of like a formal like whether it's a risk board or a, a information security management um, system or any kind of a council. Um, also, like from a risk management perspective, you um, don't see really any kind of regularity to, to how they're implementing any of those recommendations or changes. So again, largely it's ad hoc. But then you kind of step it up and each tier gets progressively more comprehensive, progressively more documented, and progressively more consistent. Okay. So how do you know you've chosen the right security framework? Um, I mean, that's a really tough question to answer. So uh, it's really more based on your mileage and how, what's working uh, within your organization, both from a buy-in and acceptance perspective, and from an effectiveness perspective. Again, I think if you're if you're getting eyes in your network and you're getting you know you have the capability to respond to incidents, and then you you know based on whatever then is the highest priority to address within your organization, you're hitting those things. I would say that that framework is doing a good job for you. Okay. So uh, what resources would you recommend for researching security frameworks? Um, I mean, I would dive, you know, the, the critical security controls are, are relatively easy to digest, even for, you know, just an IT or somebody that's, uh, you know, maybe an IT manager, somebody that's not necessarily a security pro. But there's um, so many of them. There's there are. There are. But what I would recommend is that you read the sections and not all the individual controls. Okay. So read the sections, get a sense for kind of the domains that you need to be aware of. And then once you kind of have contextualized it, then go look at like the risk management pieces of the NIST cybersecurity framework and, and try to go through some of those uh, exercises in terms of inventorying and assessing your risks. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that's, I think that's a pretty good overview. Um, anything you would like to plug? Um, really just, um, you know, there's a lot of frameworks out there. Like, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be hopefully releasing the MySIC, um, secure operations framework, uh, sometime this summer. Um, it really depends on, on the schedule for the white paper in the last couple, um, 
case study clients that we that the group is working on. Um, but take a look at that. You know, if even if it's not that, go out and and support the the standards and and teams that are doing what they can to help you and are actually having a meaningful effect. Like, uh, I know you've talked to Kai Rower. The security culture framework is a great example of an awesome open framework uh, for security culture. Um, we want to kind of do something you know similar to. Um, that that level of contribution uh, with this framework. So you know, I greatly encourage people to um, you know download. Once we get those resources out there, download. You know, give us your feedback, um, use it, uh, and and let's make everybody more secure together. What what was the motivation for wanting to do that? Well, it's for me. It started like five five and a half years ago now. Wow. Um, <laughs> And it, it initially for me was something more along the lines of the 20 critical security controls, but I really struggled to kind of come up with, with a meaningful extension of that. So I, I decided to focus more on that like kind of risk management and then the life cycles um, within each area of IT application development or uh, information security operations and focus um, the efforts from a project perspective on on helping people understand what a good life cycle looks like, how does that fit in, how to build it, and how to manage it, you know, day to day and month to month. Um, that really kind of drove all of this because if you look at even even some of the the fr- standards and frameworks I mentioned, even if you look at those, there's not a clear you know how do I get started? There's not a clear what is what is good here, you know. There's not a clear hey you know if you look at this take maybe consider these things. We what we want to achieve with that from a tools perspective is to give people something that they can you know, have a sounding board for uh, what they're trying to accomplish and, and really give them some better feedback through from a community perspective. Okay. Well, and you're at uh, Zen Mode with a zero on Twitter? Yep. Uh, what? Anything else? Uh, well, if you find yourself in Southeast Michigan, uh, check out MySec. We're at mishsec.org. Um, we do monthly talks, workshops, and other events throughout the year. It's generally a pretty good time with some good folks. Yeah, no, my and my six a great, great thing. I like what you guys do. All right, well, that's going to do it. Thank you for joining me to, to discuss what is a security framework. All right, sounds good. Thank you for having me. And that will do it. Hopefully, you learned something. If you didn't, drop me a line on Twitter at Timothy D Block. That's D E B L O C K, or email me at Timothy at gmail Let me know what you didn't learn, and we'll cover it in a future podcast. Show notes can be found at timothydblock.com forward slash EIS. If you enjoyed the show, share it with others and rate it on iTunes. If you'd like to donate to the show, check out my Patreon page at p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash E-I-S. Have a good one.